stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. The earth is filled with His glory. Stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He Together we sing Everyone sing very special group of ladies with us this morning that are going to share their hearts with us and share uh, some songs with us. Uh, We're going to sing one more together, and then I've just got a few announcements for you, and then we're going to proceed. 
quick announcements uh, before we proceed. Welcome again. We're so glad to have you here with us. If you are a guest with us, there is a pouch in front of you. In that pouch is a card. On that card, 
we would love for you to put some information about yourself. There is a wooden comments box you can drop it in on the right on your way out, or you can give it to one of the ushers later on. A few special announcements. There will be a new members class on Sunday, April 22nd and 29th at 9 a.m. This is for everyone new to the church, plus those returning after a significant period of absence. Call or email the office if you would like to attend. If you have any questions, please see Pastor John or Pastor Derek. Prayer meeting schedule has been changed to Sunday, April 29th, and then again on Sunday, May 6th. We have hashtag pray for one t-shirts and stickers available now for purchase. All money collected will go to the food pantry ministry. Ignite Youth Group is having a spring teen outreach event on April 21st from 5 to 8 p.m. called Bigger and Better. If you're able to drive teens for this event or if you would like more information, please see Tim Strait. Yeah. If you're reading the Daily Bible, you should currently be up to page 1026. If you're reading an ebook, you should be on August 12th. Please see your bulletin for additional and more detailed announcements. Pastor John. And glad you're here and any visitors that are with us today. So glad that you're with us. And uh, we have a special day today, special guests sitting up in the front, but I'm not going to say a whole lot yet because it'll become self-evident what is happening today. You know, um, Pastor Derek joined us with uh, his lovely wife a few years back, and those Brits, they really get around. You know what I mean? They just get around. So I've been down in the area five years. I haven't gotten around as much as he has. And one of the places he got around to was the Walter Hoving home, and he got to speak over there several times and one day put a bug in my ear to come with him. And, or actually, I put a bug in his ear. I'm coming with you. And went over to uh, meet some of those fine folks that are at the home and see some of the works of grace that God is doing. And uh, I've been in a series called Grace Illustrated. I thought, what better illustration than to be able to look at trophies of grace. And uh, so we've got some here. We've got some in our church too, right? And, uh, but we've, we've got some trophies of grace with us today who are going to be sharing their story. And so rather than tell anything else, I want to introduce their director. Sue. Now, by the way, she's from an almost foreign country called Louisiana, where Suzanne is said Suzanne. Suzanne Smith. So, Suzanne Smith, if you would come and introduce your minister. Let's welcome her. Sorry. Good morning. How are you guys this morning? The sun is shining. Praise the Lord. You know, as he said, I'm from Louisiana. I was born and raised there, but then I worked in Birmingham, Alabama for 22 years with a ministry called Teen Challenge. And so um, I got here in November, and let me tell you, you guys have really shown me winter this winter. I get so excited when daylight savings time hit. I was so excited. I was like, oh, an extra hour of sunlight. And then it snowed the next week. And then it snowed the next week. And the next. And the next. 
I was telling the ladies just now, I said, why do I have a special weather statement on my phone again? But um, I know that that as soon as this season is over, that um, the grass will begin to get green again and, and things will begin to bloom on the trees and um, and summer will come. Amen. Kind of like the seasons of our lives that we go through. You know, not all of our storms last forever. Thank God, right? And the sunshine will come. Amen. Well, like he said, we are from the Hoving Home. Uh, always been called the Walter Hoving Home for a long time. And um, uh, it's because the former CEO... ...the money to purchase the in in Garrison right now. And so, of course, you know... You give us all that money, and we will name the home after you, too. So um, we streamlined it a little bit, and it is now called Hoving Home. We're actually in four locations now. We've got one in Pasadena, California. We've been there since 1984. We've also got one in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we've been there since 2006, our newest home is in Oxford, New Jersey, which is, does anybody know where that is? Oxford, New Jersey. It's by the Delaware Gap. Is that right? Delaware Water Gap. Yes. And so um, all of our homes stay full all of the time because, unfortunately, the drug epidemic is ever-increasing across the United States and all over the world. And it is, uh, we want to offer the proven cure for the drug epidemic, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the only cure for the drug epidemic. You know, I've, I've always heard it said that we have a Christ-shaped hole that's in our hearts before we ask Jesus to come in. And it's so true because all of our lives, we're searching for something to fill that hole. Searching for something to fill that void in our lives. Some of us turn to money. Some of us turn to, you know, all different kinds of things. These ladies have turned to drugs and alcohol. You know, problems are problem. Drugs and alcohol are just a little bit more extroverted. And they hurt the people around them. Most of the services that we do, probably 90% of the congregation, when I ask them to raise their hand, you know, if they've been touched directly or indirectly through the effects of drugs and alcohol, most of the people raise their hand. The world is trying to escape reality. And that's what a lot of people use to do it. And so if we give them a reason to not escape reality, if we show them something that is more beautiful than what the world has to offer, then they're changed forever. And so that's what we do. We offer an environment that is conducive to the working of the Holy Spirit for them. And it is amazing. I wish for for just a little while 
you could see what I see every day. Ladies that come in 80 pounds, hurt, destroyed, betrayed, beat down, and then all of a sudden, life. The light in their eyes, you can see it. It's almost immediately. When they come in, you can almost see to the back of their soul. And then it's just, it is a beautiful thing. I'm going to read this passage. Y'all make your way up um, for your song. And Amanda's going to share her testimony. But this is from Luke 7. And Luke 7 tells us the story about a sinful woman. All right? And she wanted to get to Jesus Christ. Because she knew that he was the only one that could help her. She wanted to get to Jesus Christ so bad that she busted in a Pharisee's house. Which back then was not a good idea. She could have been stoned. She could have been killed. And so, but she didn't care. She had to get to him. She had to be free. And it says right here, um, when the Pharisee who invited him saw this. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is. She is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them loves him more. Simon replied, the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. Her love is great, and it has been shown to me. He told the woman, go and sin no more. And you will find these ladies that are at the Hoving Home They can't help but worship Jesus. Their sins have been forgiven. I told somebody yesterday, I said, there's one difference between us and the world. I said, we're all a hot mess, to use a southern term. I said, but all of ours have been redeemed. They've all been forgiven. Amanda's going to share her testimony with you, and then they're going to bless you with a song. So you guys open your hearts. My name is Amanda. Um, I'm 31 years old. I'm from Turin, New York, and I have two brothers and a sister. We lived a fairly normal childhood. Um, Things kind of changed for me when one day we got off the school bus, and um, my mom had left us a note, and then we didn't see her for quite a long time. Um, my father worked a lot, so, um, we didn't have a lot of supervision and I was the oldest, so I kind of 
took on my brothers and sisters and our house and cleaning and cooking and things like that. Um, I started to get into a lot of trouble at school, and I started experimenting with drugs. By 19, I had dropped out of high school, and I had two daughters of my own. Um, when my youngest daughter was about six months old, I just had depression really bad, and I um, wanted to live the teenage life that I never had. Um, so I just ran and um, got involved in a lot of different things. Um, in uh, 2010, I um, had gotten a couple of DWIs and um, ended up in a rehab and then a halfway house where I met a woman who took me to church. And I got involved with this really great um, Celebrate Recovery group where I got sober and I went back and I got my GED and I successfully achieved my business management degree. And um, then um, a couple of just fears and insecurities in myself um, took me back out for another seven years. And um, I just remember this last time I was just, you know, in jail again and feeling so hopeless and just knew I was dr dying drug addict. I didn't have any hope, nothing. Um, but God really just began to pursue me in that jail cell. And um, my aunt has known about the Walter Hoving home for years. She heard them through a choir and so she'd always talked it into my life. So um, I just decided to come. And um, like Suzanne said, I was just desperate for Jesus. I was just desperate for a change in my life. And that's exactly what I've gotten here. Um, I'm about to complete in a couple weeks. And um, I did the ELP program, the Emerging Leaders program. So I'll be interning with a home. I'll be staying. And um, I'm just really excited for my life. Um, I have a great relationship with my daughters. Um, they're going to be coming out to stay with me for a few days next week. And um, I'm just really open to what God has for me. And it's all because of prayers and support that we're able to come to this mountain and just meet Jesus face to face. So, um, and the verse I stand on is that he causes all things to work together for those that love him and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. Thank you.
Hello, my name is Laura, and I've been in the program for six months, and I'm from Virginia. Hi, I'm Corey Schnauzer. I've been in the program uh, just about nine months now, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, my name is Barbara. I'm from Bronx, New York, and I'm my sixth month. Hi, my name is Hope. I've been, I'm in my fourth month, and I'm from North Carolina. Hi, Church. My name is Mary. I'm in my 12th month, and I'm from Philadelphia. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I'm from Elmira, New York, and I've been in the program for seven months. Hello, Church. My name is Margaret. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I'm in my seventh month. Hello, my name is Jessica. I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I'm in my fifth month. Hi, I'm Lauren from Ronkonkoma, Long Island, and I'm in my uh, seventh month. Hello, Church. My name is Doris. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I'm in my 10th month. I'm Trish. I'm from Bergen County, New Jersey, and I'm in my sixth month. Hi, my name is Shalisha. I'm from Bethpage, Long Island, and I'm in my four and a half months. Hi, my name is Lois. I'm from Williamstown, New Jersey, and I'm in my sixth month. Hi, my name is Diane. I'm from Stanton Island, New York, and I'm in my fourth month. Hi, my name is Daniela. I'm from Bloomfield, New Jersey, and I'm in my ninth month. Hi, I'm Halsey. I'm from South Georgia, and I'm in my 15th month. My name is Amanda. I am in my 11th month, and I'm from Turin, New York. Hi, my name is Janice. I'm from Pensacola, New Jersey, and I'm in my fourth month. Praise the Lord. And then we have lots more where that came from, too. We do. Our home holds 60 women currently, and uh, we also have a completers program because sometimes it's difficult. We offer a 6- to 12-month program, and sometimes it's difficult to transition back into society. You know, it's it's, uh, very structured each and every day. We have a curriculum that we go by. And where they, you know, learn different basic life skills. Uh, We have a GED program for those that have not received their high school diploma. We have computer classes for those that some people come in and they don't know how to use a computer. And so there's lots of different ways that they can uh, transform to be able to be ready to go out into the workforce and be productive members of society. I was telling you about our completers program, and it's actually a separate house that we have on campus that they can live in, you know, some, some of them six months, some of them a year, and learn how to transition back into society. They're able to live there and have a job. And so they have a car, they begin to have certain responsibilities, and learn how to manage money. And so we have a lot of ladies that stay for our completer program. We, we have uh, Unshattered here in the back. Some of you have seen some of the beautiful handbags that the ladies make. And this is another nonprofit that we partner with. And uh, so when they complete our program, some of them even go on to work at our store in Hopewell and just continue on with rebuilding and repurposing just old material 
uh, things that we got from theaters. Uh, sometimes people will have somebody in their life that passed away, and you know they want to do something with with their grandmother's coat and make a bag out of it. So, you know, it's kind of kind of exciting. They they name the bags after the ladies in the program because it's kind of like how their lives were tattered and torn and but they're being made new amen um we i believe we're dismissing the children are you doing that okay uh, you you i'm offering you a job <laughs> junior church off you go and thank you for those who are serving <laughs> You can run this thing. You, you, you can run it. I don't need this. You can you hold on to that. Just a couple of quick bullets. Um, ushers, you may want to have a seat. We're actually going to take the offering at the very end. Sorry. Things flex. That's the name of the game, right? And especially this morning, we want to give some of us opportunity, too, if you want to give above and beyond and and, uh, extra. And if we can't get it in today, I'm uh, speaking on behalf of our financial folks, committing them to something they weren't planning on. We'll make sure that we send it along because the U.S. mail does work so far. And uh, so that's a good thing. Having the Hoving home with us is a, a neat opportunity for not only our sharing financially, but maybe we'll find things to do in terms of serving alongside of these people. Those of you who don't know, Pastor Bricker and his wife are here today, and they used to host the Hoving home on a regular basis. So glad to see you guys. He filled in before I got here. He was better looking and did a better job, too. So. So I think that's all I need to say. We're going to turn it back over, but I wanted you to be prepared at the end. We'll be taking the offering. There's also a meal if you signed up for it. If you didn't and you're really nice, we can't let you in. No, we can't. Maybe we can. Uh, But at the end, we'll open the floor up for people to come and pray or share their story or whatever it might happen to be or find Jesus if you've never done that. So that'll be at the end after we take the offering, okay? So um, my sermon today is only 45 minutes. Now, I made that up because Suzanne has told me that they will use up almost every minute. And so I won't even preach. I'll let you do the preaching. You're doing good. Come on up, Suzanne. You guys are great. If you want to be here till two, you can. No, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, so let me just tell you a little bit about a day to day, what day to day life is like up there. Every day they wake up at six thirty. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna let tell what a day life is like. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, in the morning, during the week, we get up at six. The lights go on at six. If you want to get up earlier, you must be very quiet. 
<laughs> we turn, lights go on at six. Um, we do chores, get ready for the day, and uh, we get the most. First thing we do is we gather up in the sanctuary, up in the chapel, to give um, an hour to the Lord and spend some quality one-on-one time with Him. We do our personal devotions, and that is part of what we're taught. We have a delineated, um, uh, an outline and a, a descriptor for those who don't know, or even those of us who did know and we forgot how to spend time with Him. And so it's a really nice way to start the day, inviting the Holy Spirit and the Lord to um, become the center of what we do. Um, and then we go on to breakfast, and um, we have our cup of coffee afterwards. <laughs> so it's interesting, though, how yeah, how we do um, have that cup of coffee afterwards. It is something to look forward to, and I remember doing so, having my coffee with the Lord. But um, part of the structure is to just really learn how to give our first. And it's a way of learning how to, it's, it's a form of tithing, how to give our time to him. Uh, first things first. And then we go and we enjoy breakfast and everything that's done in the home, the ladies do. So some ladies, that is their job, um, their work area. They're up and they're preparing breakfast for us when we come. It's, it's ready. And then there's a, a team that um, takes over and cleans up. And, um, and we go and we start our day. Half the day is spent in the Benton Academy where we learn about the controlling life issues and how the Lord can work and heal those areas and, how, and who we are in him and how he created us to be and how life is life. Um, but how we can learn to live life according to um, his word and his truth in us. And, why, um, why, and the reasons why we feel the way we feel um, and... and how we can heal through him. And then the other half of the day, and it, it flip-flops, so some in the morning do their work area and some do in the afternoon. Um, the other half of the day is spent in the work areas, and that is housekeeping or maintenance um, or even uh, reception. Um, there's errands coordinator. There's monitor in the, in the learning center, in the Benton Academy, and some other job areas. And so um, those fluctuate and change as well as we grow in the program. There are those who have the privilege of becoming drivers, and some are riders for the accountability for the drivers. Um, and we run errands and take the girls from the third month on to um, medical appointments, dental appointments, and vision appointments. Um, some of the, uh, there's one, um, Amanda, she's in charge of student services, and she makes sure that the women have their health insurance taken care of and any social security and their driver's license. And, and so um, it's a busy day. Everyone is busy, hands-on. It's an entirely a uh, program where every woman is involved, hands-on. In, in the growth and in the nurturing and in the um, in just every aspect of the home. It's a family. It's a family. And we all take care of each other. We love each other. We grow through our pain. And, um, and the, main, the main beauty of it to me is that um, Jesus Christ is the center of it all. And we're learning how to have a relationship with him. And in that, we learn how to have a relationship with ourselves and with each other. And so it's something that we can take to our homes and into the community and back into, um, into life. So. Thank you, Doris. She did a good job, but she fin- we do eat lunch and dinner, too, just, just so you know. We don't only feed them breakfast and coffee. Um, but... You may ask how I got involved in this type of ministry. Um, I was I was raised in a Christian home in Louisiana. My father was actually in the ministry, and um, my parents served the Lord for many many years. And then my my dad had a fall and um, left our family, started using drugs, and 
that was the end of the story. He continued on that path until he died from a drug overdose and um, devastated our lives. But when I was 11 years old, I started using drugs. And that's the first time I ever used drugs. And I found that it was something temporary that could mask the pain that I was feeling on the inside. And I pursued a life of drugs and crime for many, many years. And always searching. Always searching. I knew that there was something more in life. There had to be something more than the way that I was living. Sin is a whole lot of fun at first until it's not fun anymore. Until you become its slave and it becomes your master. And that's how life had become. And I had been in and out of jails and institutions and rehabilitation programs And this doctor and that doctor, it was just a continuous cycle. And deep down inside, I knew that there was without a doubt a power greater than myself that would restore me to sanity. I knew that. And I knew that was Jesus. I knew that I knew. And so I... um, my, my father had just died, and I, I was about to die myself. I had gone to jail and gone to jail again, and the judge said, listen, he said, you've got to get some help. He said, I don't want to see you in my face again, or you're going to go away for a very long time. And so I said, okay. <laughs> and um, I had heard about Teen Challenge, and... It was one of the very first ones that was in Alabama. Actually, it was the first women's center. And I went into that program. I I didn't know what I needed. I just knew that I needed to be off drugs or I was going to go to prison for a long time. And I was court-mandated to complete that program. And um, I met Jesus there. And it wasn't the Jesus that I had been so angry at for so many years for allowing that to happen to my family and allowing all of these other bad things to happen. I realized that that wasn't him at all. And I experienced the love of Jesus Christ for the first time in my life. It is really true You know, when Paul says, I pray that you would be able to comprehend how wide, how long, how deep, how high his love for you really is. And it didn't matter that I was a horrible heathen sinner and had nothing to offer him. He gave his life for me and paid for it all. And so I stayed on with them for a long time. I had every single job, starting with intern, and just continued there. And uh, I was the program, I was the executive program director, then executive director for 13 years. And God, I don't even know how we got here, honestly, but our. 
our whole family, we have two boys, and I was real comfortable in Alabama, and the Lord had been speaking to me for about a year that it was he was about to ruffle my feathers and shuffle me up a little bit and because um, I wasn't growing anymore. I was very comfortable. And so some opportunities arose. I had several offers, you know, at other teen challenges across the nation. And we came to visit up here, and the Lord spoke very loudly and said, this is where you are to go. And if there is anything that I've learned in life, it is when God says to go, you better go. And I gave up control of my life a long time ago, and I do not ever want to be in the driver's seat again. I know that he won't steer me wrong. I know that the plans he has for our lives are to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and give us a future. And so I get to do what I love to do just in a different place. I love this type of ministry. I, I love drug addicts. I do. Uh, and somebody needs to, right? And, um, and I love to see them transformed. I love to be able to share the same hope that Jesus gave to me. And some of you are out here today and you're like our families were at one time. You've prayed, you've worn your knees out praying. It seems like the more you pray, the worse things get. And I just hope that you see hope this morning. I pray that you see hope. We are all the fruition of somebody's prayers. Just like you. There were so many times that our families felt that we were dead. They wouldn't hear from us for extended periods of time. But God had a plan. And he rescued us. And so I pray that you will have some hope this morning. Seeing these stories, these trophies of grace. They didn't always look like this, and they sure wasn't getting up in front of y'all and singing before they got here. This is, um, they're all miracles. They're all what the world said would never amount to anything but God. Amen? But God. And so while we're here today, if you have a loved one that you want to pray for, We would be happy to pray. We know how to pray. We know exactly where they're at. And so if you've got somebody that maybe you don't want us to pray for even today, but you want us to pray for, you know, at the home, please give us their name. And we will. We will. We will return the favor that somebody once gave to us. Amen? The ladies are about to sing a song for you. And it is called Greater. So open up your heart.
morning, church. My name is Jennifer, and I'm 41 years old, and I grew up in a town called Elmira, New York. Um, I grew up with my mom and my dad and my three older sisters. And um, my parents separated when I was nine and because my mom was the one that left the home and my dad worked long hours as a prison guard. Uh, me and my sisters were left home alone a lot. Um, so I just remember being scared a lot, confused, and um, I hung out with my friends. So I started drinking when I was 12 years old and I became a little bit rebellious when my mom came home. Uh, after a couple years with a new man that wasn't my dad, and I had a new baby brother now. Um, I managed to graduate high school, um, continuing to drink throughout, um, and I also went to college, uh, and that would continue through my early 20s until I met a man when I was about 31. He wanted to settle down, and life was great. I got a job that I loved, and we bought a house, and we were blessed with beautiful twin girls, um, Mackenzie and Caitlin. And um, when they were eight months old, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And at the time that he was diagnosed, he was given four to six months to live, and he died three days later. So um, that started a long journey of um, rehabs and mental institutions for me because I was just completely devastated. Um, two years later, I... Um, I met another man, and I had my son, Noah, and um, the relationship turned out to be physically abusive, and I stayed in that relationship for nine years until I had just had enough of that, um, but the cycle continued, and unfortunately, I stumbled into another physically abusive relationship, um, this one much more abusive than the first, um, which left me badly injured to the point where... Um, I couldn't work, so um, I lost my job, and I just, I just fell apart, and um, I tried to kill myself um, back in June of 2017. So um, I just remember walking out of the mental institution um, after that attempt to commit suicide, and um, I was met by a worker from the Child Protective Service Agency who informed me that... Uh, because my kids had witnessed so much violence that they would be temporarily removed from my care. Um, They had just seen too much. And I just remember feeling like a complete and utter failure to my children that day. Um, So I was just overtook by depression, and I just couldn't take it. My children weren't with me anymore. And um, The next thing I remember was just drinking a lot of alcohol, doing a lot of drugs, and I woke up in a jail cell not remembering how I got there. Um, Well, it turns out that I had drank over three times the legal limit, and um, I had driven home. So when I left there, my sister, who's a Christian, who had known about the Hoving Home, had um, asked me if I was ready to, to do something different. And because I was so completely broken, I decided that it was time to try something different. Um, And I've been at the home since September of 2017. And since being at the home, um, Jesus has really worked um, a big number in my life. I no longer have um, the obsession with the drugs and alcohol that I used to have. The depression or the anxiety has just been completely lifted from me, and I don't have the desire to take my life today. Um... My future plans, um, there's a lot more that he's done, but I mean, it's just, I could go on. (laughs) My future plans are to just um, 
be the godly mother that God created me to be to my children. Um, it's amazing. They see the changes in me in just this seven months and, um, they hunger to know the Lord and they pray for me, which is completely amazing. And, um, the verse that I stand on is, uh, Isaiah forty thirty one. Uh, for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not grow faint. As a matter of fact, most of the ladies that are in our program are our mothers. You know, and that that's a difficult... Um, that's a difficult place to be. You know, no one ever means to do any of those things. They, we do a lot of outreaches where we go into the highways and into the byways and minister, you know, in Patterson. We minister in a lot of the bad areas. And, you know, they, they tell me that as soon as they approach these ladies, just with some toiletries... You know, just with a little shampoo, a little soap, some candy, that they immediately start crying. Because no one meant to be there. And I know that that's hard to understand, you know, because we think, well, it was their choice, and this, that, and the other. And initially, yes, but nobody wakes up and says, I want to be homeless and a drug addict on the streets of Patterson, New Jersey. No one. No one. It starts out small. It does. And then once they're there, it is very, very difficult to come out. And so um, it's a great opportunity that these ladies have to be able to minister to to a lot of those ladies because they end up coming into our program. I'm going to tell you guys a couple of things before we finish today about some events that we have coming up that you may want to, you know, attend. We've got our banquet on May the 10th, and that is going to be Carol Kent is our speaker, and she has a very powerful testimony. Her son has a life sentence in uh, Florida. He's been incarcerated for a long time. And then we've also got our um, walkathon coming up July 14th, and that'll be at the Garrison Home. We've got a bike rally. If you have a motorcycle and you want to come out and ride, we're doing a benefit bike rally on September the 15th. We're going to have a big expo out there. It's going to be a great event. Also, we're always doing an adopt-a-room project. And as you know, when people move in, you know, things just get worn and they get used. And things need a fresh coat of paint. A lot of groups like to do that in the summertime because you can involve the youth. You know, it's something a cool service project that they could do over the summer. But if you're interested in doing that, it's a fun, fun project. Basically, you get that whole room from top to bottom. Some groups put flooring in and ceiling fan. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit. They paint it. They put new bedding on all of the beds. And then there's kind of like a 
move that bus reveal you know the ladies can't see it until it's completely done and it's just a beautiful opportunity to see the expression on their faces whenever they get to walk into their brand new you know newly remodeled beautiful room and of course we put a little placard outside of the door stating that um you know it was donated by the wonderful people at harmony baptist church or wherever we also need our kitchen redone and so if you've got those type of skills we are in need of dire i mean just dire need of work in our kitchen we're always in need of plumbers we're always in need of electrician electricians on a regular basis mechanics because we're a women's program and those are just stuff that we can't do so I mean, we can look at that toilet, and we know that it's broken. (laughs) But that's it. And so if you have a skill that you would like to, to offer to help us out, listen, we welcome that 110%. And so you can just see us after the service, and, um... And we will definitely put you to work. I mean, we won't take advantage, but we will put you to work. But um, make sure you visit the Unshattered table before we get done today. We're going to do one more testimony and one more song. And so have have you guys been enjoying this? I hope so. All right, Halsey. Amen. Um, My name is Halsey. I'm from South Georgia. I'm 19 years old. I have been in the program for a long time. I'm in my 15th month, part of the special extended program. Um, No, but I grew up in a loving and religious family. And I just, so I grew up knowing the Lord. I got saved at eight. Um, Going to church praying at home, reading the Bible, everything, and I just fell away as I got older. My parents divorced and went through some other things, but it's not about what I went through because we've all been there. Not just these guys, you guys. You know the same feelings of isolation, fear, loneliness, rejection, depression, shame, guilt, any kind of weight that could ever go on you. Just because you see us up here doesn't mean that you're any different from us. You know, we're all the same. We've all experienced the same feelings. And we're not stronger than any of you, you know. It's not our strength, because I'm not strong at all. It's his strength. So, um, been through things, you know. You know what comes with all of that. Drug use, depression, suicidal attempts, everything. Um, but when I, before I came into the program, I was uh, on one of my last... Um, suicidal attempts and by the grace of God I I was sitting in my bathroom and I was staring in the mirror and I was crying and telling myself all those things that you tell yourself you're unworthy you're rejected nobody will ever love you you're never going to be anything end it now and by the grace of God my phone rang and it's my father who lives in Connecticut and I'm sorry I'm not nervous I'm emotional because this has been an amazing service um But by the grace of God, my phone rang, and it was my father who lives up here saying, you know, I want you to come live with me. I mean, find a program and get help. And I don't know what, I mean, now I know what it was. Then I didn't know what it was. It was just like instant, like surrender. It was like, okay. And I don't know where that would come from. Why would we say okay to that? But it was like, okay. And now I know it was the Holy Spirit moving in my life. And um, I came in, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really, 
in it for the right reasons. I messed around with a lot of my program. I did, and that's why I got an extension. But you know what? It has been the best blessing that has ever happened to my life because I know if I was home right now, I wouldn't be home. I'd be dead. I know that for a fact. And I'm just so thankful for this home and, you know, these sisters and just how great God is. Like, none of us deserved any of this. We all deserve to be dead or in the grave. And you know what? He pushed us back and said, no, I'm going to take that cross for you. And I'm so thankful that he allows me to stand up here and testify about how amazing he is. And, um... You know, like Suzanne was saying, we would love to pray for you and, and talk with you afterwards because you may be feeling like there's no hope for you or your loved ones, or you may be feeling like I'm different from them. Those women are amazing, but you're amazing because the fact that you're still standing and alive and coming to church today means that you're amazing and God has a plan for your life as long as there's still breath in your body. And so um, thank you for taking the time into us. And, um, you know, God's restored all my family my family relationships. He's restored my hope, my visions for the future, my dreams. Um, you know, he's taken away all the depression and the suicidal thoughts and the negativity and the fear and everything. He's taken it all away. And anytime those thoughts do try to creep back in, I know how to refute them now. I know how to cast them out and rebuke them and, and fight. And I'm thankful for that chance. And my future plans are to hopefully join the Brooklyn Teen Challenge School of Ministry um, and then I want to go on into the missions field and do missionary work across seas. And the verse I stand on is Proverbs 28.1, The wicked flee when none pursueth, but the righteous are as mighty as lions.
Well, thank you, Suzanne. And the Walter Hoving School Girls, thank you. Home. Well, I'm going to tell you, you all ministered grace to me this morning, and I needed a good dose. How about you? Look at how organized. Could you come here and help us out as a... I know you ended early because you wanted to hear me preach. Well, it's short. It's really short. And see, we superimposed on our little logo, uh, Grace Illustrated, the Walter Hoving Home, Sounds of Life Choir. And our title today is Trophies of Grace. And that's what you've seen, some trophies of grace and what you've heard from. I am going to be very brief because we are going to uh, receive an offering at the end. Let me mention that how many of you are staying for lunch? Oh, yes, very good. And when you go over into the uh, gymnasium, the deaconesses did a fantastic job. It looks absolutely lovely in there. And uh, if you are staying, let me encourage you to get the rest of the girls' stories. Don't sit with your buddies. You know, get them irritated by ignoring them and sitting with the girls and asking questions and finding out their story as well, right? I am going to say something. The last sister, what was your name? Where are you? The last sister, you. What was Halsey. I loved what you had to share. And uh, I liked everything that I heard, by the way. But she said, you're no different. You know, there's one catch. There's one catch. There's a difference when I know that I desperately need the Holy Spirit. Some of us don't think we need them. That's the big difference. That's what makes it work. That's why Christianity is boring for you and exciting as these girls experience it and others who have experienced it as trophies of grace. Let me talk about trophies of grace. I'm going to show you a passage of scripture. I thought of this immediately when I knew you ladies were coming. Thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. That's perfect, isn't it? Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it's only fair to tell you briefly what Paul is talking about when he speaks like this. It's customary during the Roman Empire, you know, this was all happening while the Roman Empire was going on and people were being thrown in the arena. Uh, Christians sometimes were giving their life, being eaten, attacked by lions. Sometimes they were forced into the gladiatorial uh, circle in the arena. But what happened, how it often happened was when a Roman general had won a battle and conquered an area, they would return to Rome. How many of you ever saw Gladiator? You know that scene where they're all returning in triumphal entry. Boom, 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 boom. And there's also music. There's also incense and sometimes singing. They're, they're, they're having incense burn as, as the conquering hero comes back. But following the conquering general and his army are a long string of captives. The ones at the very end are probably going to end up in the arena and die. The ones in between will end up 
slaves, servants, whatever it is in people's homes, however the Roman Empire decides to use them. Paul has that image in his mind that we are led in triumph in Christ. There's a sweet aroma. You can get the picture. And we are a fragrance of Christ to God. But here's the difference. Those conquests were unwilling. We're completely willing. We're so glad to be taken captive by this great conqueror, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about trophies, and that's what it's, he's saying. God kind of displays us as his trophies of grace. Years ago, when I was in college, and the girls know that's a long time ago because I told them how old I am earlier. Uh, I was in college, and I was in a judo. I was in judo. I was learning judo, you know. And um, I went to my first competition, and... I won third place, and I got a little trophy. Now, you need to know there were only three competitors, and I was one of them. (laughs) Which means all I had to do was show up and lose every match, and I got a trophy. So needless to say, it didn't mean much to me, and I don't have it anymore. (laughs) It didn't matter. I didn't really earn much. You get what I'm saying? But the trophies that God displays, he earned with the blood of his son Jesus on the cross. Those are the trophies of grace. And he's proud of them. He doesn't cast them off. He keeps them and wants them to remain on display. And here, Paul in that verse is saying that as they preach the gospel, they are those trophies of grace. And that aroma is spread out to the world who hears that preaching. And there's an application for all of us who are his children. Every time we tell our story, every time we talk about the grace of God and what it has done in our lives, how it's changed us, how that dependence on the Holy Spirit makes it work. Every time that comes out of our mouth or people see it or you're in the inner city sharing and people start to weep because of the gifts you give them and you get the chance to say, this is why we're here. Every time there's an aroma an aroma of the grace of God. And the end of that passage says, for some, it's, a, it's an aroma of life. But sometimes it's an aroma of death. Why? Because every time we confront Jesus, every time we meet him, whether I love that description. Boy, I'm, I'm latching hold of that one about the, the Jesus you are angry at. I've thought about it here. The Jesus that our families or even some of us despise. It's not the real Jesus. It's not the living Christ who changes us and makes us an aroma of life. And everyone who encounters it has the opportunity to make that choice. Do I want life or will I reject it? And that brings the opposite that we don't want. What do you smell today? What's the aroma in the room today? What have you heard? How has it affected you? Have you smelled life in some of what's going on? in people's lives, and that he wants to still do more of that among us. What are you uh, getting a whiff of? And what will your decision be? Last week I used one verse. I'm going to close with this. I told you it's really short. There's a lot of unpacking in that verse, but we'll go to this one. Truly, truly, Jesus said, when he talked about the fact that we're all going to come to life one day, we celebrated it last week at Easter, right? Jesus conquered death. 
I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. If you're smelling life, why don't you grab a hold of it if you never have? You pass from death. That's where we start, all of us, really. That's where we start if we understand what God says about us. We're broken. We've rebelled. Even the nice goody two-shoes, they rebelled too, right? They've got naughties in their life too. And so we need to pass from death to life. So if you're smelling the aroma of life, why don't you lay hold of it? If you've never came, come to Jesus at all, this would be a great day to do that. If you've been, I'm going to just say it, despising the grace of God that he has available to you and you've smelled life today, why don't you reboot the computer and start living that life of adventure? I was encouraged by what was said today what was shared. And uh, the sister said, this has been an awesome service. I'm going, yeah, I think so too. (laughs) So you make up your mind. What do you smell? What aroma do you want hanging on your clothing? Life or death? It's an opportunity we have today. Here's how we're going to make it work. I'm going to ask the ushers now if they would come forward. I'm going to pray in closing. We're going to have one more song, though. So the ushers are going to come forward. After I pray, they're going to receive the morning offering. If you want to give some extra for the Walter Hoving home, do so. If you're not prepared today, I told you, bring it in. We'll make sure we get it to them and uh, help support their ministry. Also, you have opportunities to uh, see what they are, are doing at the back table. And also, I think maybe in the future, we'll put our hands to some things. Who knows what will happen? We'll see what God does. If you guys would come forward right now. And after I pray, they're going to take the offering. The girls are going to come and sing one more song. During that song, if you want to reboot your computer, you want to know Jesus, you want to talk to them more or have somebody pray with you about someone who's far from God, yourself or someone in your family, that's your opportunity. As they close this, this uh, service with song, when that song is over, come up to the front. And we'd be glad to minister to you, and we'll dismiss everybody else, okay? So let's pray together. Thank you, King Jesus, that you always triumph. Now, we don't always triumph, and we have setbacks, but your grace is incessant and pursues us. And thank you for that, Lord. Thanks for those who have testified today that You had to get a hold of them again and drag them back. And thank you that you did it. I'm asking for uh, our sisters who are with us today as trophies of grace, among others. I'm praying, Father, for your grace to be constant in their lives. We're asking in Jesus' name that the aroma of life would continue to come forth from them till the very day you take them home. Commend them to your grace. Pray for those among us who really need to meet the Jesus that is not despised, but the living Holy Spirit, life-transforming, living Christian God. Help us, O God. As we give, be honored by what we give. As we bless the hoving home, Lord, use it for your glory. Continue to sustain these brethren Suzanne, Suzanne and all of her staff and all of the girls as they go about their business every day, 
learning about you and serving you. Bless them, we pray. And give us, Lord, your favor. In this assembly, in the name of Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Guys, if you would go receive the offering, I'm going to ask the girls to come back up. And we'll close at the end.
Thank you, ladies. And you guys are amazing. We are done two minutes early. There's something wrong. I'm going to ask that you all stand. We will close in prayer. If you want to come for prayer or uh, to know Jesus, you're welcome to do so. We'll be up here at the front for a while. If you need to be on your way, that's fine. And don't forget, if your kids are downstairs, you're their parents. You've got to go get them. <laughs> Let's pray together. Thank you, King Jesus, for the opportunity to speak of your grace. Thank you for grace illustrated in not only the Bible and in history, but right here, the history that's being made today, because your church continues to advance and to go forward, sometimes more visible than at others. Thanks that some of what might not have been heard was heard today to make it visible, audible, and help us to be visible and audible and an aroma of life. We ask for your help today. Put your angels around your people wherever we go this week. Keep us. Bring us back together to serve you. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all of God's people said, Amen, amen and amen. You are dismissed. God bless.